0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are talking about the NFL Pro Bowl, Super Bowl 54, and losing a legend.
1: What's up, guys? It's Matt from Orvin, Georgia. I just wanted to stop by and say congratulations for the repeat victory. Podcast of the Year champions again, man. I mean, hey, you guys earned it. Out there grinding every day, helping the rest of us get through the work week. Congratulations. Go Bucks.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Podcast. I'm James Yargo, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com And make sure you follow along on Twitter at Bucks, at JayArco underscore bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, and at bucks underscore Nation. First and foremost, thank you to each and every one of you who took the time to vote in the PewterCast Awards. I know I I said it on the live stream of the Pewties uh, Sunday night um but it truly it's humbling and it's it's a great honor to have 22,000 ballots cast and to still come away as as the buccaneers fans favorite podcast it it really does mean a lot um so david obviously is unable to be here tonight he is he's is on a work trip uh big doings out in texas right now but he sends his thank you to all of you i send my thank you to all of you it means the world to us and we really appreciate it and we appreciate brent and ren for yet again putting on such a great show and and doing these awards and taking the time to set everything up and reach out to the nominating committee and uh you know they do an absolutely phenomenal job over there so we really appreciate all the time and effort they put in so wanted to kick things off by saying thank you to all of you it's greatly appreciated and with that I'm going to bring in the, uh, you know, the third host of the show. You know, Bailey, you and Evan kind of share the uh, the third host seat over here. But we're going to dive in a little bit into the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. And then, of course, we're we're going to touch on something that transcends the sport and the team that we talk about on a daily basis. Uh, you know, losing Kobe Bryant, it, it, it hit not only the sports world, but, you know, it hit, it hit everyone, so we're going to get into that into this episode. But first and foremost, buddy, how you doing?
2: Better than I deserve. I can't complain. How you doing tonight? uh
0: I've I've got the the ickies again. So I got the <laughs> sore throat. I got the stuffy nose. I'm going to be coughing a lot. uh But you know, got to push through. You know, that's Always. why. Yeah you know, we 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 didn't get podcast of the year for the second time for no reason, and that's because we grind and sick or whatever the case. We're on here doing the show, so. Bailey, uh, the Pro Bowl happened on Sunday. That was the day after uh, the NHL All-Star game where Andre Vasilevsky decided it was a good idea to give up two goals in six seconds as the Pacific beat the Atlantic Division. That's, and that's hockey talk. Um, the bu- <laughs> <laughs> Buccaneers, uh, they had three players voted to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, only one played. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both missed. The game due to injury, I think it's safe to say that both of them would have outperformed Michael Thomas because they're both better than Michael Thomas, but Shaq Barrett finished the game with three solo tackles, no sacks. It was it was the Pro Bowl.
2: Yeah, it was the Pro Bowl. I mean, I, I can't even tell you that I really watched much of it. I, I saw some highlights. I saw some stuff that you normally see on Twitter. Um, you know, check the stats and everything. Not that those mean anything but you know it was a pro bowl i mean i i think the thing about the pro bowl pro bowl week really is for the players and their families to just kind of chill ha- have fun enjoy unwind a little bit and for that i, I kind of love it but as far as the game itself there's nothing of substance really it's just it it's not much to not much to really sink your teeth into but you know it's it's fun for what it is
0: yeah i mean and it's it's great for the fans you know yeah. we saw the video that buccaneers um Twitter posted of of Shaq Barrett meeting a young Buccaneers fan. This kid has been hit with with some bad luck. Um, you know, there's there's health issues with with his mom and and Shaq meets this young fan and gives him an autograph and then, oh, by the way, here's two tickets to the Super Bowl, kid, have a great time. Like it's stuff like that that makes the pro bowl so so cool. It you know, the game itself, it's meh. You know, it's guys out there goofing off, having fun. It's Mike Evans playing corner. It's Fletcher Cox running a uh, you know, a lateral 70 yards for a touchdown while you know a, a member of the opposing team runs beside him and is like, I'm not even gonna bother trying to tackle you. You know, you do you, big man. Um <clears throat> it's it's goofy, it's quirky, it's not quote unquote real football, but it doesn't need to be, you know, the last time the pro bowl was quote unquote real football or the closest thing it's ever been is when Sean Taylor killed a punter on, on television.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely doesn't need to be anything more than it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's for the moments it's for, it's for the fun. And yeah, like, like you said, for the fans, it's, it's always cool. And I know I think it was a couple of years ago, I got a chance to to go out there in Orlando and and interview some players and that was just cool for me um you know just as a college kid to get to talk to some of these guys and Tyreek Hill kind of messed with me about saying like I didn't belong out there or something like that <laughs> um so that was that was a fun time and yeah it was just being out there one of my big takeaways from that week it was a couple years ago but it was just it's it happens every year it's just the fans all the fans come out to the the ESPN complex and are just there to to see their favorite players and it really is it's a cool thing it's it's just uh it's a cool thing to end the season with, um, especially before the Super Bowl. I mean, it kind of holds you over until with the no Super Bowl. It's two weeks after the the championship game, so kind of holds you over to Super Bowl week.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, like like we've been saying, it's not, it's not even really about the game. You, know, there was a lot of great moments that happened in the week leading up to the Pro Bowl, and yeah, it's great for the the AFC took home 70000 dollars. You know, the NFC got thirty five thousand um, dollars. You know, but at the end of the day, the whole week is leading up to the fact that all we're trying to do is get to Super Bowl week. And I I don't mind the fact that they moved the Pro Bowl from the week after the Super Bowl to the week before. Yeah, it means we didn't get any Niners or any Chiefs, but at this point, you know, it's more fun to watch the skills challenges, you know, just like with the NHL all-star game, it was more fun to watch the the skills challenge the night before than it is to watch the actual game. Uh, granted in in the finals of the NHL all-star game, they started getting pretty serious there in that second period because there was a million dollars on the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a fun, quirky event. I know people don't like it, but you take it for what it is, which is a step above preseason football but a step below regular season football because at least you're seeing (coughs) excuse me you're seeing the big names out there goofing off having fun doing the sideline interviews playing out of position just to enjoy themselves that's what makes it so great but enough about the pro bowl you know it it was a game that happened um but the important one is coming up in just a few days we have the 49ers and the Chiefs squaring off in Super Bowl Live. Um, for those that are unaware, Live would be the Roman numeral spelling of fifty-four. Um, and Bailey, we haven't really gotten your thoughts on this game so far. David, JC, and I talked about it on yesterday's episode. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week with Scott Smith, who, of course, started his career uh, in the NFL. As far as as media is concerned with the Kansas City Chiefs and and an incredible Chiefs staff back then um, where do you stand on the Super Bowl do you have a a personal rooting interest in this game or or what is it that you're looking for
2: honestly I don't have a strong personal rooting in- interest I have uh, I do I think I want the Chiefs to win that's what I've decided on but I would not be upset with the 49ers winning um, the Chiefs just I like Patrick Mahomes I like uh, Honey Badger I kind of want Andy Reid to get one, and then there's a, a receiver Byron Pringle, who went to high. He went to the same high school as me. Um, a couple years older than me, but it would be really cool to see him get a Super Bowl ring. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with with seeing John Lynch and Quan and Alexander get rings um, this year. It's not like past years where you're rooting against the Patriots and and really caring who wins. Um, I think the only year recently that I haven't rooted against the Patriots is when they played the Falcons. Um, I was actually talking to my dad about that yesterday, about how it's kind of weird how the Patriots aren't in it and I'm not rooting for them or against them. So I think it's just uh, – I hope it's a good game. That's really what it is. And I, I hope the Chiefs win, but wouldn't be wouldn't be upset either way.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I hate on the Patriots uh, quite a bit, but I don't hate them to the level that a lot of people do. Same. And it dawned on me when they played the Eagles the second oh, time yeah. Yeah, just a few years ago. Yeah it dawned on me that the patriots had won every super bowl that i had rooted for them in and lost every super bowl that i had rooted against <laughs> them in and i went back and i'm like wow i really did root for the patriots in a lot of super bowls like how did this happen and of course that trend was bucked when when they lost to the eagles cuz i was rooting for them in that game um and then I rooted against them, uh, against the Rams, and and they won that one. So now it, it somehow had flip flopped on me, I guess, because I I prayed to the football gods so hard when they were down twenty eight to three, <laughs> um, and came back and won. That you know that was that was the last of of the Patriots' fortunes lining up with my rooting interests on Super Bowl Sunday. But yeah, I, as I've said before, I can find a reason to be happy no matter who wins. Like I really like Andy Andy Reid. I would love for him to get a Super Bowl ring. I like Mahomes. I you know I I like um I, it's a Nicole sc- Hardman. I really like Nicole Hardman. Um, you know there's there's plenty of players on the Chiefs that I enjoyed Travis Kelsey. Um, that I'd be excited for if if they get a ring. On the flip side. The only reason I would be disappointed about the 49ers winning is because Bosa would get a ring, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I would be more excited at the fact that my second all-time favorite Buccaneer player was getting his second ring. I would be excited for Quan Alexander. I don't hold any ill will towards him for taking such a ridiculous amount of money to go to San Francisco. You know, I, I would be happy for, him. I would be happy for, you know, um, I'm just, I blame it on the sickness because I I just don't feel good. The running back. Mostert. Raheem Mostert. See, I just needed to stall a little bit. <laughs> I love watching Raheem Mostert run the ball. Um, so it it's things like that that I would I would be really excited for the 49ers to win. And I guess, Bailey, for all of the the super Patriots haters out there, they should be rooting for the 49ers so that you know the the Patriots aren't aren't you know, up there with with the Niners anymore as far as the most Super Bowl wins, because that would be San Francisco's seventh, would it not? Thinking about that, I don't know off the top of my head for sure, but I think that sounds right. I'm going to have to look this up now. My my son is behind me, yelling, "No, it would be their 6th. You have to, yeah. You have my to. My son up know cause... more about football than I do. This is terrifying. I'm not even going to make a joke i i i got i got nothing <laughs> i mean the fact that they uh, have uh it. it would it would in fact be San francisco's sixth championship my ten year old son has now schooled me we have our verdict we have our verdict <laughs> so this this would then tie the patriots for the most super Bowls in history
1: so the up. Super
0: Patriots haters need yeah. need San Francisco to win to to take that mantle,
2: but aren't, I don't know? Are, are, wouldn't you think some Patriots fans are, are rooting for rooting for the Forty Nine ers too? No. With, with no, not with the Jimmy G tie, and then with I don't know them not wanting a, a fellow AFC team to to take the crown. I don't know. I no, don't, because I, I think. Go ahead. Uh, I've seen. I've just seen some Patriots fans claiming that the Patriots do have a tie in this game because of Jimmy G saying that it's kind of like the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. And I don't know if it's just tongue in cheek or if it's their delusion. I don't know. It's something. But they're, they're claiming Jimmy G
0: is still a Patriot, I think. See, and I think it would be the opposite. First off, they wouldn't want San Francisco to tie them in total number of championships. And second off, they're not going to want to see Jimmy G become the next Tom Brady away from new England and you could make the argument that this could be the start of a run for the, the way this 49ers team is built that Jimmy G could start rattling off some championships in San Francisco. Cause remember Tom Brady didn't, he didn't start winning championships by being Tom Brady. He started winning championships by not screwing up on offense while they had the best defense in football and the greatest kicker to ever lace up some cleats. So, you know, this this mirrors a lot of, of how the Patriots dynasty truly started. So I would think they're going to be rooting for Kansas City to uh you know keep keep old Jimmy G at bay.
2: Yeah, I could see it. I mean, who are we kidding, though? I and mean, we, we think the Patriots dynasty is over, but the 49ers could tie him and then Brady could come back next year and go get his seventh. So I'm
0: I not. would actually <laughs> I would actually really enjoy watching like if Tom Brady comes out next year and he says, "Look, I'm signing a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. One last ride. Here we go." And we get a, a Patriots 49ers Super Bowl, I would be all in. I would be all especially if the 49ers win this year and they're playing to take sole possession of the most championships in franchise or in in league history mantle like the the master versus the apprentice the everything I would be all in on that Super Bowl
2: I actually really like that idea can we just call Goodell and see if he can rig it I'm sure he can
0: I'm sure he has already in the (laughs) past before I don't think we can get into that today sure we can and (laughs) Next year, Super Bowl's in Tampa, is it not?
2: 2021. Yeah, it should be 2021. Yeah, I believe so. so.
0: Super Bowl 55 is in the house that 55 built. Ooh. And it could be a a Brady-Jimmy G showdown for the ages.
2: I'll tell you what man. though what if that doesn't happen and Tom Brady signs a one year deal but he signs it with the Bucks and the Bucks
0: play a home Super Bowl. <laughs> how about that? They <laughs> they were close to playing a home Super Bowl back in in 2000. Oh man. Nobody's done it, right? Nobody has done it because we talked remember we we had talked about how close the Vikings were. Right. And um and then the the Super Bowl was about to be in their new stadium and they just got Kirk Cousins and boy did they implode. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean the teams that have gotten closest to playing a Super Bowl in their own stadium, I think, are are Minnesota and Tampa Bay. That's a wild thing to think about. It really is. <laughs> Man. This team just needs a quarterback. They can play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Oh,
2: yeah, Evan, so. would, Evan would Evan have a field day. Or Evan's going to have a field day if he hears you say that.
0: Evan and I, I love Evan. <laughs> Evans, Evan's good people. But we just fundamentally disagree on where the Buccaneers are as a team and what they need to do. But ultimately, that's why neither he nor I are in charge of this team. You know, facts. somebody else is, is yeah, somebody else is in charge of this team. <laughs> we just hope that whether we're right or wrong, the team trends the way that they should trend. You know, I'm I'm more than happy to eat crow and say I was wrong as long as it translates to, you know, eleven and five and a first round buy in the playoffs. Just like I'm sure Evan would be more than happy to eat Crow and say that he was wrong if it meant eleven and five and a first round buy in the playoffs. So you know, one of us will get to say, I told you so at some point, but you know, it is what it is. We, we both want what's best for the team. We just have very different visions on how to get there.
2: I think if Evan was the GM, wouldn't he just kind of trade the whole team and and get
0: all Titans players on the bucks? He'd just make the bucks into the Titans. I think the first thing he would do is sign Marcus Mariota as a free agent. <laughs> not really. Evan is not a Mariota guy.
2: I hope he's listening to this.
0: Uh we will find out in the group chat tomorrow if he is listening to this.
2: We sure will.
0: (laughs) But speaking of Evan, and and well, before before we move on to that, Bailey, I need a score prediction out of you, buddy. How do you see Super Bowl fifty four ending? I need a I need a score prediction. I need an MVP prediction. And I need the first song performed at the halftime show what do you got for me
2: oh my goodness the last one's throwing me off because I can't even I don't know if I can give you an answer um so my, my I actually thought about my score prediction earlier because I was listening to the, the episode yesterday's episode with JC mm-hmm. and I was like hmm I feel like James is going to ask me for my score prediction so I kind of came up with one um I've got the Chiefs winning I really don't know how this game's going to go I don't know if it's 49ers are gonna come out and, and stifle the Chiefs, or if the Chiefs are just gonna take off like they always do, but after they get behind, I guess. Um, I've got the Chiefs winning 35 to 24. And I think it's an easy it's probably too easy of a pick. You know what? Let me just say it's not gonna be Patrick Mahomes' MVP, just to just to Ooh. go against what I was gonna say. It's gonna be Miko Hardman. Because I think I just have this image in my mind of him returning a kick or returning a punt, either for a touchdown, or just having a long return when they really, really need it, kind of like he did, it was against Houston, I believe. Right? I, I think he's just that spark that they need sometimes, and I could see him showing up big. It would be a really cool thing to see, for sure.
0: Um, my head's telling so me Patrick going Mahomes, the Desmond Howard route, the 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 Desmond Howard route to Super Bowl MVP.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I that's what my heart is saying. My head is saying Patrick Mahomes because. I think that's just the obvious choice because I, I really think he's going to show up big. I would love to see him show up big, um, but let me just kind of be a hipster and say Miko Hardman's going to be the MVP. And then, for, right. and then the, uh, <laughs> for the first, the first song performed the first song. I don't even know. Are they performing together? or are they go? Who's going on first? I have no idea.
0: I would guess that Shakira is going on first. Well, now I can't remember. I, I thought Shakira was announced as the performer before they announced Jennifer Lopez. It might have been vice versa, or it might have been simultaneous. That's a problem. That is oh. a problem. All right. Give me a Shakira song and a J-Lo song as to, if either one of these is performed first, you get credit.
2: Ah <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go with, for, for J-Lo... Let me just say she's supposed to start it with a throwback. Give me Jenny from the block. Yeah,
0: that's a good pick.
2: And then for Shakira, I feel like she's going to want to get everybody moving. Give me – uh, I don't know the name. Is the name of the song Waka Waka? It's the, the one from the World Cup a long time ago.
0: Oh, it I it think it is.
2: Or is it called Africa or is it called Waka Waka? I just I feel like that's I've... a good – I think that would be, if I had to pick between the two, I think that would be a good one to start. If if you're crafting a set list, give me that one, because that's going to get everybody
0: just moving. Okay. All right. I like I like both those picks. And if there's one thing we know about Shakira, it's that her hips don't lie. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be like a, a, a closing one, right? It's got to be. Well, and who wasn't it somebody from the Black Eyed Peas that did that song with her? Like we're getting we're getting surprise appearances from people. You've got to be. So I'm sure, whoever was it, was it somebody from Black Eyed Peas or was it Wyclef Jean that did that with her? Oh boy,
2: it was yeah. Either way, right. it
0: was Wyclef Jean. Okay, so Wyclef Jean showing up, we we can we can bank on that. Who's going to be J Lo's surprise guest? Because she did. I, she, it's not Ja Rule. He's still reeling from his terrible concert in whatever island that was. Um, But yeah, who's who's somebody that J Lo did a song with that she could surprise people, you know, with a with a guest appearance? Alex Rodriguez. Stop it! (laughs) I like a Rod now. I I like like a Rod, but you're gonna love his commentary. He's he's fantastic. Uh, I hated him as a baseball player, but I love him as a commentator.
2: I even liked him as a baseball player, but I'm afraid of Stopped. saying anything further. So,
0: Oh, I mean, he was the best shortstop on the Yankees. Oh, my gosh. I'm just stating facts.
2: I don't want to get yelled at by David again. So um, who could be somebody that J-Lo had as a
0: feature? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to say her biggest duet was probably the one with Ja Rule. The uh, what was that called? I'm real, but I don't see, I don't see Ja Rule coming out. I just hope it's not Iggy Azalea. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get we'll get some random appearance by some random person and just go. Why, Fat Joe? Ooh, I'm all. Wait, is, isn't he dead? What? Or am I thinking of Big Punisher? Is big? Um, I think Big Pun might have been the one that died. Okay, we're off the rails again. Yeah, David's gonna be so upset. Okay, sorry, David. You know he has no room to talk. He's not here. He's he's on vacation. It's not true. really. He's working, but you know. <laughs> on you know, vacation then, from
2: the podcast.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and then what's funny is. After he yelled at us, then he and I did the exact same thing when I jumped on to to fill in for Evan because Evan couldn't make it last minute.
2: So I was just about to yell at you guys when David like literally as I was about to type it out, David said, We're doing what I yelled at you and Bailey for doing. And then I, <laughs> I
0: didn't send it. So <laughs> All right. Well speaking of Evan, um, we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna We're going to dive into this because Evan for Bucks Nation, for those that have not seen it, wrote a a very heartbreaking, eye-opening tribute to Kobe Bryant, who, of course, we lost on on Sunday in a helicopter accident. And not just Kobe, his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, her good friend and teammate, both of that girl's parents um a pilot you know other other people there were nine people that died in this accident but obviously as as tragic as that situation is to begin with it's going to hit a lot of people because of somebody like Kobe Bryant um we we reached out for some for some voicemails we did receive a few uh talking about Kobe Bryant favorite memories what he meant um We're going to get to those in just a moment. But, you know, the thing about the thing about Kobe Bryant is and I texted my best friend and said, I can't believe how hard this is hitting me. Like if if you had told me two weeks ago, hey, Kobe Bryant is going to going to die in an accident at the age of 41. And it's really going to upset you. I would have kind of looked at him weird and said, I was never the biggest Kobe fan. Like, I don't know why it would upset me to that level. And I respected Kobe. I, I enjoyed, I had a love-hate relationship with him. I, I enjoyed watching him play, but I, I hated him because he was always beating the teams that I was, I was rooting for. And one of the things that will always stick out in my mind when my wife and I first started dating, We sat down every night on DVR delay and we watched every game of that Celtics Lakers finals. Um, You know, when, when the Celtics big three beat the Lakers. And I remember how hard I was rooting against Kobe and, and Vujicic and, and Pau Gasol and, and all those guys. And and I was rooting for Garnett to get his, and I wanted Paul Pierce to get his, and I wanted Ray Allen to win. And, and it, it became a huge thing. Like she and I sat down and watched every game. And you still just had to marvel at how incredible Kobe Bryant was. And I was in middle school when he was drafted. So he's been he's been a part of of almost my whole life. Um and it was just it's so tough to lose someone that's such you don't even realize the impact they have on you until all of a sudden you you find out about this and you start thinking back and you start reminiscing. Uh I know I've rambled a little bit here and and we'll continue to get to more but Bailey kind of what were your cuz you're even younger than than I am. So, I mean, can you remember a time growing up where Kobe Bryant wasn't dominating the NBA?
2: No, I, I really can't. Um you know, I was just kind of reflecting and stuff today, um knowing we were going to talk about this and just thinking about growing up and and I've never been the biggest basketball fan, but there was a time where I was into basketball more than I am now. And it was when I was younger. And when I was younger there, Kobe, Kobe Bryant was basketball. You know, LeBron had just, LeBron was like kind of the new hot thing. He, he just gotten drafted out of high school and kind of was coming up, but he obviously isn't what he is now, but it was Kobe Bryant. It was Dwayne Wade. I'm sure I'm going to be forgetting people. It was Kobe Bryant Dwayne Wade. And then for me, it was Paul Pierce because I had a Paul Pierce Celtics jersey. Um, It was a hand-me-down for my brother, actually. But yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant was basketball. And and that's the thing that I keep going back to is is to me as a kid, it was Kobe Bryant. And the thing that I remember the most, I don't know if we want to get into memories yet, but it's not even really a favorite memory. It's just the thing I remember most was the 2009 NBA Finals because – I'm not a huge basketball fan, but if I had to claim a team, it's obviously the orlando magic um you know they're the closest team to where I grew up. they're obviously um in the same city as the college I went to, and so it's the Orlando magic and that was back when I was in mostly in the like the most into basketball was when dwight howard was was with the magic and um before he went off the deep end honestly um but that was that that finals the magic had this. I guess you could say magical run. I wish I hadn't said that, but they had a, they had a great run to the finals that year, and then of course they had to run up against the Lakers. And you know, I was holding out hope that they were gonna that they were gonna win the finals, and then game one happened, and the Lakers won by twenty five. Kobe dropped forty, and I was like, all right, kind of figured this was coming. And then of course he went on to to have a great series. He won the finals MVP. The Magic lost in five games. And I just remember, not only in that series, but just as I was watching basketball growing up, just the, the, his ability to take over a game and his ability to just – he was just incredible to watch. He's one of those rare people. Like there's only probably – and within each of our lifetimes, obviously it's, it's different. Um, we're, we're different ages. But there's just I think a select few people probably from each sport that will remember forever watching them play. And even not being that big of a basketball fan, I'll never forget watching Kobe Bryant play. Um, And then, I I mean, obviously I've, I've seen old highlights and stuff too. I have some actually have some memorabilia from the three Pete that my, one of my dad's friends gave it to me uh, when I was younger. I have some like newspaper cutouts um, from the three Pete have pictures of him and him and Shaq. And yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I would not have ever expected this to hit me this hard. Um, and it really it really has hit me really hard. Of course the whole situation is tragic and it would have hit me I'm sure but it, it's hitting me harder than than I would have ever expected it to cuz yeah I, mean, I can't even say I grew up a Kobe Bryant fan. It's just he had an impact on on basketball and I didn't even really realize the impact he had on on my my childhood I guess. Um it's it's really it's just a, it was a sad day yesterday it's some sad today and it's one of those things that I think is going to kind of just stick stick in my heart for a little bit because it's it's so tragic.
0: Yeah, there was <clears throat> there was a point yesterday. Um I was I was watching the coverage and uh yeah you know, they had they had posted what Shaq said about Kobe and I just I, I started tearing up. You know and I had I had a tear streaming down my cheek. And my son looked at me and he goes, dad, you're, you're tearing up. And I said, yeah. And he said, why? And I I started talking to him about how, you know, we're, we're, we're busy all the time. He and I, um, with his, with his hockey team, you know, he's got practices, he's got multiple games every weekend. Um, yeah, it's busy. And, and we've been talking for a long time, ever since we got the schedule about how excited we are. For the the second week in February, he and I get to take a road trip, get to do an overnighter, and we're going to Louisville, Kentucky. And we've been super excited about that. And I said, I said, think about this for a minute. You know, we could we could go pick up the rental car on Saturday. We could pack up our bags, pack up our overnight bags. Um, you know, make sure we're we're ready to go. And I'll go give mom a kiss, and you'll give mom a hug, just like we do before every game. And what if we don't come home? Like, that's what hit me so hard about this was all he was doing was taking his daughter to her game and taking her friend and teammate and, and her parents to their game. And it just, it's so jarring and so upsetting From that perspective, and I saw somebody posted on Twitter, and I'm going to try to say this without getting emotional because it's so heartbreaking. Is there was a point yesterday when the people on that helicopter knew what was about to happen. And Kobe had to look at Gianna, you know, his his baby girl. And he knew there was nothing he could do to help her. There's no more helpless feeling than knowing there's something you can't do for your child. And I can't even imagine the pain that he felt in that moment.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't, I don't think anyone will, will ever, will ever understand that and just will ever understand the pain that, that honestly, that his wife and, and, um, other daughters are dealing with right now. I mean, that's one of those things where like their whole world changed in a matter of minutes and no one can ever really fathom what, what that's like or or what, you know, how, how you'd even respond to that. And, you know, you just, you just hope and you pray that that's never a situation you have to deal with. And you just kind of, your heart just hurts for, for them right now too. It's just, it's, it's so hard. And the thing that I keep I think one of the things that's going to stick in my mind the most about this and about Kobe Bryant and just everything that is is kind of been coming out, people have been saying about him um, in the last twenty four plus hours is just his, his what it meant to him to be a dad. And I mean, obviously, I don't I don't have kids yet, um, but I will one day. And I mean, I already I already know that. Being a dad is one of the most um, important things to me, or it will be one of the most important things things to me in the world um, when that time comes. And, you know, I I keep going back to that video of him sitting courtside with with Gianna. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even that long ago. And every time I see it pop up, I just get really emotional because you can tell how happy he is just sitting there talking basketball with his daughter. And, I mean, by all accounts, she was going to be – she was going to be him for women's basketball. I mean, she was 13 years old, but just from the way he talked about her and the way that everybody um kind of just reflects now is that I, there was another video. I mean, that he came. He was talking. I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel. Maybe, yes. Maybe? And he was, I was talking just about, about to bring that up. Yeah. About how people come up to him and say, "Oh, you got to have a son so he can carry on your legacy," and, and she was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, that's me." And that man, that hit me so hard that that. I mean, it seemed like just from that little clip that she has a personality about her. Probably had a personality and a, and a mindset, the Mamba mentality, similar to her mm-hmm. dad. And I know um, the whole Mamba Sita thing is is kind of just man. It's the whole thing is is so so tragic and so sad, um, because you know, you, just, you never expect something like this to happen to to anyone really. But then you think about just Kobe Bryant seemed larger than life. Kobe Bryant was was so much more than just basketball and, and, you know, the businessman that he was, the father that he was, he was just, he was an icon across the world and you never expect something like this to happen. And when it does, you just have this, this helpless feeling where you don't know, you can't really process it. I still haven't really processed it. I remember, I mean, I think it's one of those things where I will remember forever where I was when I, when I found out the news and, it took me a couple hours to even process that this was a real thing and I can't, I mean, I, I know there's people, so many people that he's impacted across the world that are, that are all feeling, I think the world, the world is mourning together um, over this. And it's, it's just so difficult to to even put into words what he meant to basketball, what he meant to, to so many people, what he meant to LA. Um, And man, it's, it's uh. It's, it's it's awful man it's it's really awful i'm I'm running out of the words honestly
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you 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 take a look at at Kobe's career and what what had become so amazing was kobe's post season or post playing career. Mm-hmm. the man wins an academy award, you know he was looking into business ventures and he did an interview with rich Eisen where rich Eisen had talked about the rumors that, Le- that, that Kobe was going to come out of retirement for one year to play with LeBron in LA. And I get people want to do just like they want to do LeBron versus Michael. They want to do Kobe versus LeBron. And it's, first of all, if, if this has taught us anything, stop it. Just stop the comparisons. You know, Kobe and, and MJ, had a a big brother, little brother relationship. Kobe and LeBron were good, good friends. And we don't need to continue to compare them, just appreciate them. But Rich Eisen brought up these rumors, and Kobe said, never. He will never come out of retirement. It's not because he doesn't want to play with LeBron. It's because when he said that he was going to retire, everyone pigeonholed him as... Well, all he can do is play basketball. What is he going to do now? And so he took his Mamba mentality and said, I'm going to show all these people and I'm going to show all my colleagues and I'm going to show all these future players that there can be, excuse me, that there can be life and there can be success outside of basketball. That this is just the beginning and that these players when they're done playing can accomplish so much more that they don't have to rely on the game of basketball for the rest of their lives kobe had become such a huge advocate for women's basketball he was one of the wnba's biggest supporters he had created a school to help girls basketball you know and and a lot of that is because of of gianna and and her friends that want to play but You have you have one of the greatest athletes we will ever see who has four daughters and he's he's trying to pave the path for them to to be able to do the things that they want to do, because whether people want to admit it or not, whether they like it or not, no matter what what personal opinions may be, the facts are the facts. Women athletes do not have the same opportunity. They do not get the same compensation. They do not get the same notoriety that male athletes do. That's just a fact. And Kobe was out to change that. So that's when I I saw people on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, you know, wanting to bring up the bad things about Kobe within hours of him dying. It was so upsetting and so frustrating. Like, a woman lost her husband and daughter. Three girls lost their sister and their dad. And, and this is what you're choosing to talk about. You're not talking about him opening a basketball school for girls. You're not talking about all the contributions he had to the WNBA. You're not talking about the fact that he saw a high-speed crash, got out of his car, and raced over to help people to make sure that they were okay. You're you're talking about stuff that happened almost 20 years ago. Have some respect, have some decency, and understand that people are grieving right now. Maybe just log off social media. But Bailey, we we do still have a couple of voicemails to get to, and and you brought up uh, you know, one of your biggest memories of of Kobe, and it wasn't exactly a positive one, given that you're a Magic fan. Um, that also was the NBA Finals that caused me to forever hate Dwight Howard, um, because he cost us our opportunity at a Kobe versus LeBron NBA Finals. <laughs> that I think was the biggest crime of the 2009 season, yeah. and and I remember, this isn't a, a Kobe memory exactly, but I I remember watching the Eastern Conference Finals game where LeBron hit that half court shot. And I wanted to jump up and down and scream so bad, but I had my newborn son asleep on my chest. And so I couldn't move and it was killing me. I I remember that vividly, <clears throat> but we talk about uh, Mamba memories as I, as I put out on Twitter and I, I have a couple in and Bailey you'd mentioned, you know, people are always gonna remember where they were um when they found out that that this had happened. Just like people are always gonna remember where they were the night Kobe dropped eighty one. Because that was that was one of the most mind blowing spectacles that I'll ever see in in the as long as I live in the game of basketball, because you have guys like Michael Jordan, you have guys like LeBron James, and and you had players like Dwayne Wade and and Steph Curry. 81's never going to get touched, ever. That was one of the most spectacular performances I've ever seen, and I remember the game, for whatever reason, ended up, I, I think ESPN started pumping it on like they had cut into their programming because they knew something special was gonna happen. I may be remembering that part wrong, but I know at the time I was a big NBA fan and I watched games kind of like I do with the NFL. If it's on, I'll watch. And I don't remember having that game on and I walked into my parents' bedroom where my dad was was sitting there and he had the Lakers and the Raptors on. I'm like, why are you watching you hate the Lakers? You couldn't name a person on the raptor. Like, why are you watching this? He goes, "Watch," and I start watching. And the hoop was as big as a swimming pool for Kobe that night. It was, it was incredible. And um, yeah, watching, watching him drop eighty-one in the modern NBA. You'll be talking about Wilt uh, scoring a hundred. You know, he was by far the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, the most talented. And not to say that Kobe so much has had equals on the court. He certainly didn't on that night. But we're talking about guys that. Wilt never could have scored 100 in that NBA. It just wasn't feasible for Bryant to drop 81. I think was even more impressive than the the all time highest score in NBA history, and the other the other memory that I'll I'll always have, um, it, it's the Western Conference Finals, back in 2000. And I remember sitting up in in my bedroom. I was working on homework, but I had this little like 13 inch black and white TV. You had to turn knobs. To change the channel, Bailey. You've never seen anything like this in your entire <laughs> life because you're young. And I, I had the game on and I was rooting for the Lakers, despite the fact that the Blazers had had my boy Scottie Pippen, but I was pissed at Pippen. I was still I was holding a grudge against Pippen because he broke up the Bulls. All he had to do was sign. And both Jordan and Rodman said they were going to come back. So I was bitter at Scottie Pippen. And Kobe was still new. The Lakers had Ron Harper. They had they had my guy, Phil Jackson. I was loving watching this Lakers team. So I was rooting for him. And of course, my dad being a Celtics fan, a lifelong Celtics fan, hates the Lakers. So I come downstairs after the third quarter. My dad's just got this big old grin on his face. He goes, those Lakers are going down. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the comeback happens. And it was one of the most incredible things I had ever seen. I, it, The way that they just all of a sudden flipped the game on its head. You had Kobe taking over at, at times. You had Shaq taking over at times. And we will forever have Kobe juking Scottie Pippen, one of the greatest defensive players to ever set foot on an NBA court, jukes him out of his shoes and tosses that alley-oop up to Shaq, like, that was the moment. That was it. And I remember after they won that NBA Finals, I uh, I bought the locker room hat. It had a leather bill on it. It was a white hat, black leather bill, had the year 2000 uh, stitched in the bill. Um, and years later, I didn't even wear it. I just wanted it. Um, Years later, I went to a celebrity golf outing Um. And Ron Harper autographed that hat for me, which was one of the one of the coolest things ever. But, you know, those are when I when I think back about Kobe, other than you know, heartbreaking defeats he he cost to to teams that I was rooting for, those are the things that I think about. You know, I think about the way the way he emulated Jordan, the way, and I don't just mean his play, I mean his mentality i mean his his drive to win and how losing was not an option i mean the guy blows out his his achilles and walks to the free throw line and and sinks two free throws like it was unreal
2: yeah i mean there's there's so many so many memories to go through so many clutch moments so many insane games that he had and it, i i can't even i can't believe that all of this happened and I know it's going to take a, a long time for people to mourn and, and really kind of accept that this happened. Um, but man, if, if if anything, I, I would encourage y'all to to go and read what Evan wrote on BucksNation.com. Um, Derek Jeter had a nice uh, piece in the Players' Tribune. Bill Plaschke wrote uh, an amazing column for the LA Times. Uh, I would encourage y'all to go read that. And really anything else too is is just life is too short. Um, you know, tell the tell the ones you love that you love them, hug them, hug them as hard as you can. And, um, you know, just, just live life like Kobe lived life and, and put your effort into everything that you do, because that's what, that's what he did at all times, no matter if it was basketball, if it was business, if it was coaching up his daughters, if it was being a dad, um, that's, that's the way that was his mentality. And that's, that's an amazing way to live.
0: All right, well, Bailey, we're gonna play a couple of voicemails real quick before we wrap things up. Um, you know, with some of our listeners talking about uh, remembering Kobe and and the loss of uh, of Kobe and and his daughter Gianna.
1: Hey guys, it's Chef Aaron twenty six. Uh, when I saw the Locked On Bucks Twitter account, I mentioned that there's gonna be a Kobe Bryant at uh, level episode for Tuesday. Uh, I knew I had to call in and uh, voice uh, my thoughts on the whole situation. Obviously, it's unbelievably tragic, and there are no words to describe uh, uh, what Kobe meant to uh, not only the sports world, but just to uh, the uh, young fans that watched him and just everybody that came across him and just his impact on the world alone. And obviously, uh, even more tragic was his 13-year-old daughter perishing along with him. I can only imagine what uh, his wife, Vanessa, and uh, the rest of their family is feeling like and what they're going through right now, knowing that her daughter and her husband will never return home. But uh, yeah, Kobe, for me, was the second version of Michael Jordan, who I have... Who I have uh, said on many times on my Twitter is the greatest of all time. I believe, in my opinion, Kobe is the second greatest of all time, and he bridged that gap from Michael Jordan to him because he was he was Michael Jordan reincarnated. It's just uh, remembering watching him and just to try to compare the drive, the competitive spirit that he had, his just ferocious drive for excellence is what will always set him apart from so many. And uh, I'm all cried out. I, uh, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking moment. To, uh, somebody that was so treasured, gone too early. And, uh, all we got all we got is memories of Black Mamba.
3: Hey guys, this is Ryan from uh, California. Uh, born and raised about 20 minutes outside of Staples Center. Um, so naturally I was uh, born into a Laker family. Um, bought, bought in as soon as I can comprehend what was going on. First, uh, sports team I fell in love with. So I've been a Kobe fan ever since I was about eight, nine years old. Um, a couple of memories I have of Kobe. Uh, there's two that stick out in my mind. One of them obviously being the 2000 Western conference finals against the Blazers. Um, the lob to shack to pretty much ice the game win the series uh, i was 11 years old at the time and i just remember being at a family party uh with about maybe 15 of my cousins just crammed into a little living room at my aunt's house uh watching the game on tv and absolutely losing our minds because um, obviously that won the when the west comes finals went on to the finals beat the pacers and that was the beginning of the three p Um and then the other one I have is uh same year, two thousand. Um my dad took me to a game against the Boston Celtics at Staples. Um it was a back and forth game the entire time uh Lakers have last possession, down one, Kobe gets the ball, takes his man uh baseline, backs him down, hits him with a little shoulder fake and hit drains a fadeaway in his face, uh only for it to get called off. But Just being able to experience such a legendary player hit one of his patented moves and feel that excitement for, you know, the minute, two minutes before they reverse the call with my dad, with a bunch of people that, you know, we didn't know, high-fiving everyone, just being able to experience that, I mean, still puts a a smile on my face uh, 20 years later. So yeah, that's what Kobe was. Kobe uh he was bigger than sports. He was you know, felt like a extended part of the family. We didn't know him, he didn't know us, but it felt like we did and Yeah, this one this one hurts, but I mean all you can do is push forward and uh yeah. Go Bucks. Love you, Kobe, gonna miss you, man.
0: All right, thank you to to both of you that that called in. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I uh I don't know if I if I really have anything else to add to um you know, to the discussion. It it's just something that it it's it's a tough pill to swallow and it 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 sucks the way that it happened. It it's awful for all the families involved all the people affected um and it's easy to overlook uh the other passengers it's easy to overlook the fact that there were there were seven people on board that helicopter besides kobe and uh and his daughter but you know it's it's important to to remember them to think of them um you know say prayers for their families um it's just it's it's a terrible situation. And I um I one hundred percent am behind Mark Cuban and his movement to retire the number twenty-four. I I selfishly have been an advocate for the league to retire the number twenty three. You know, the Miami Heat did it um to pay tribute to Michael Jordan and the greatness that he brought to the NBA. Um and it's unfortunate that these are the circumstances in which I am getting behind the league retiring the number twenty four um you yeah, know every every team should retire it and and when i when I said that to my buddy when we were talking about what Cuban was doing, he said, why just twenty four Why not eight and twenty four I said well." You know when you're talking about teams that he didn't play for, a lifelong Laker, even though he was drafted by the Hornets, people forget. You, the Lakers retired both, which I thought was outstanding. But for all these other teams, you retire 24 because that was when he really, he really became him. He was the one that took over. He was the one that had separated himself as a true, bona fide. Megastar that he proved he could do it as Batman and not the Robin to Shaq's Batman. And you leave the number eight alone. So when those players come to that team and they still want to pay tribute to the player that they grew up watching, that they grew up idolizing, they can do so. They can rock the number eight while 24 hangs in the rafters to remember exactly how great kobe bryant was yeah
2: i mean i don't i don't have anything to add to that i think you laid that out perfectly and uh, i mean i think it's gonna it's gonna happen i I think really it's it's only a matter
0: of time all right well that is going to wrap it up for this episode um and again i realized that we spent two-thirds to three-quarters of this episode talking about a basketball player, but some things transcend football. They transcend the sport. They transcend the team that we're here to talk about. Um, Kobe Bryant spent his his playing career in the city of Los Angeles, the city of stars. You will not find a bigger group of the world's biggest stars and most recognizable faces then in Los Angeles, and even then, amongst the musical artists, the actors, the actresses, there was still no face more recognizable and no star brighter than Kobe Bryant, and uh, we felt it was appropriate to, to talk about him. So back with more Buccaneers talk on the next episode. Uh, until then, please check out everything going on over at com. Make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. The world lost a solid one on Sunday. And all we can do is continue to talk about how great he was, how amazing he was with his daughter, and... Keep the families of the victims in your thoughts and prayers. Hope you all have a tremendous day, and we thank you so much for
4: joining us right here, Locked on bucks Once upon a time, there was a young basketball player who had dreams of becoming one of the greatest basketball players of all time. My name is Cody Bryant. I'm 17 years old. I heard the hunger, the motivation, and the desire be the best possible basketball player that I could be. He worked day and night, every day, for years and years and years and years and years. As time went on, 20 years had passed and he felt that he had accomplished all that he set out to accomplish. But what he came to realize is that the goal that he set out initially of becoming the greatest of all time was a very fickle one. And we realized that the most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches those around you and how it carries forward to the next generation. We realized that's what makes true greatness. The story would be about transformation of a kid looking inwardly then growing up and understanding the importance and the power is looking out It's a great feeling to know that you set a goal for yourself. And you were able to reach that goal and to not get that. If I had the power to turn back time, I would never use it. I don't think about it. Because then every moment that you go through means absolutely nothing, but you can always go back and do it again. So it loses its flavor, it it's loses its its beauty. When things are final, you know, moments won't ever come again. To be able to have the power to go back and re-experience those things is, it's silly to me.
3: When you take that jersey off for the final time, how do you think you're gonna
4: feel? Very at peace with it and um, I'm very thankful you know, for the for the 20 years that I've had and um, ready to go.